remember hearing uh, Dan Wormenhoven, who was at uh, uh, NetApp Network Appliance years ago, and they were the incumbent coming behind IBM, come behind EMC. And he said they basically put together this chart by all the different industries and kind of who's strong and who's not and what's not penetrated. And they found out that oil and gas was one that, for whatever reason, EMC and IBM had not really penetrated early on. So they went after that. They got a lot of you know great big household names, and then they were able to leverage that success then across uh, some of the other verticals, which is interesting. So, with um, you know thinking about a uh, startup sales org, how do you qualify? You talked about before, you know, product market fit. But as you're going in to look at a company, you know, kind of how do you figure figure that out, right? Because you can have you can talk about sales and marketing and partners, alliances, everything else. But if you don't have that product market fit. You don't have to worry about the other dominoes, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I think the easiest one for us uh, from a product market fit is, you know, do you have multiple sites? Uh, do you have, a, are you looking, are you, where are you at on your journey to cloud? Do you have multiple types of storage or tiers of storage? And if, if and then, uh, so if you have, you know, and are you trying to share, do you have a workflow that you're trying to share across multiple sites? If they answer two of those questions, uh, that's potentially a very good fit for Hammerspace. Gotcha. And then on the other side of that, how do you or how did you evaluate if you could say, as you look at different companies and use Hammerspace or any of them as an example to say, okay, do they have product market fit or not? Because you mentioned you had a couple that did not. So in hindsight, could you have done something different or better there? And did did you do that then as you're looking at, say, a Hammerspace? Uh, as far, yeah, I apologize. So as so, far so as the companies, yeah. as you're looking to go work for yeah. a company, oh, okay, evaluating yeah. their product market fit. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that, you know, as when you're looking, yeah, I've been working a lot in the seed, the A and uh, seed rounds. And, you know, you really have to kind of get to, you know, kind of meet with the founders, try to understand, you know, kind of where they see the product today. And can they clearly explain, you know, what the product, the value the product provides to a customer. And then, you know, one thing I've learned along the way too, is you really have to talk, you have to talk to, to some of their end users and understand how the end user sees the value of the product. So it's uh, sometimes, you know, you learn the hard way. That was, that was another uh, kind of life lesson uh, that I've learned. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, certainly keys to, uh, Starting up a sales org is actually the picking the right sales f- folks in the in the profile. How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you have to find someone that that worked with a startup uh, in the past, and I would call that kind of a builder mentality. And and then as as I was looking at go to market, you know, do they have that specific go to market? You know, do they have that experience in media and entertainment? And, and then you know, do they? So they have network, they have builder mentality, you know, can they, can they sell a vision? You know, in a lot of cases, the product is not complete at this stage. And so they have to be able to go into a customer and sell kind of the vision of where the product will be over the next, you know, six months, six to 12 months. That's great. And then do you have any kind of recipe for kind of a fast start plan? Because obviously you want to know early, cut your losses uh, if, if somebody's not going to perform. Yeah, I mean, six to 12 months, you start to understand that. I think as long as we have a good product market fit, uh, you start to see that six to 12 months. Does the person have, can the person sell the vision? Can the person adapt? And uh, can they build a good pipeline? And we have a kind of a pipeline formula today um, that we use uh, when someone hits their 12-month stage. 
Uh, and then uh, how important is uh, partners and alliances? Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at, you know, kind of this horizontal kind of uh, sales motion where you look at you have your hammer space, you know, sales teams, you know, they come in with their network, but that network only goes so far. So and then you have to you have to work with marketing on developing, you know, kind of content enablement and lead generation. And then really partners and technology are are how we're going to scale. And uh, I mean, I've, I've been really impressed with what we've done here uh, from a partner standpoint. And we're less than a year into the into most of our sales team started in December, January timeframe. And we've already had 50 partners um, signed and trained. And we're talking some of the large you know, billion dollar partners that are involved as well. So uh, very important process there. Uh, and, w- and with those partners to get them going, how important is it, you know, for lack of better words, you know, sales calls drives everything to do, uh, you know, joint sales calls with them as opposed to just kind of Zoom or whiteboard training? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we've taken this vertical approach, you know, even from a marketing and partner standpoint. So we're going, to, we're telling partners hey, in the media and entertainment space, here are the three categories where we fit. You know, if you have customers, uh, you know, that fit this profile, you, you know, can we... We should yeah. go talk to the customer together. Obviously, sell sell alongside of them as well as from a POC and 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 customer success standpoint as well. Yeah. Kind of like over the years, you have the for the sellers, you know, green zone, red zone. Uh, I guess it'd be green, yellow, red zone, right? And you want to say, hey, yeah. just focus yeah. in this green zone, and everybody might get, oh my gosh, they're looking at all this, you know, storage of huge huge deal. But if it's a yellow or red zone, don't waste your time. Just kind of focus here and that that green zone, which is a sweet spot, which is the product market fit, right? Absolutely. Yep. I agreed. And then what about, uh, how important is marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, marketing, you know, Molly, Molly came on board and, um, I guess she's coming up, you know, she's at eight or nine months and you know, she developed kind of some messaging, kind of go to market messaging. And now we're, we're actually shifting to uh, in content and now we're shifting to lead generation. You know, we're, we're, our goal is to have all this in place, uh, as we move into 2023 so we can really start to scale and have a lot of processes in place. Gotcha. So as a new sales leader in an up and coming, um, yeah, I'll say sales org. Uh, you, you mentioned some of the good things of marketing, but kind of what have you seen in your past that would be the kind of, I'll say the bad stuff or the stupid stuff or kind of where money gets wasted? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, just, I don't think if you don't have a clear message you know, on, on what we do, you know, what the product does and how we're helping customers, you know, I've seen most sometimes is maybe too technically focused. You know, especially at an early stage where you're just, you know, a lot of founders kind of like to tout the technology oh, yeah. versus the problems. The, yeah, the, the, the customers, yeah, right. are, the customers <laughs> right. are stupid, right? Right, right. Exactly. So, I, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and it's important as well uh, in these examples. We don't need to you know, focus on hammer space. E- easier you can say generically, you know, from the past. But, you know, a lot of times I'll see some, you know, yeah, C- CEOs that are that, you know, those technical founders, super smart. And then, you know, the numbers that they set with the board aren't happening. Then the CRO gets thrown under, under the bus as opposed to the board properly understanding product market fit and where they're at and what's going on. And it might be, you know, it's easy, always easy to say, oh, it's the fault of sales. But more times than not, in some of those situations, it's product market fit and it's kind of an engineering product issue, right? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. Ed Walsh kind of uh, told me that a long time ago, you know, almost, uh, I don't know, 18 years ago. He said, it's usually not sales. It usually has something to do with the product. It doesn't work or the, there's not a market fit. So yeah. uh, I've been fortunate enough not have to deal with that uh, too often. So which is good. There you go. That's uh, pretty good coming from a guy that spent a lot of time at uh, IBM. That's uh, why he did so well. He's, uh, <laughs> right, he's right. also on our uh, yeah. a few times, so he's on the advisory board uh, as, as, as well, doing, doing a great job. So I think the pillars were sales, partnering, technology, marketing. Was there anything else? Yeah, just from an ecosystem. So you think about technology partners as a start as a startup. You know, the fastest way to scale is obviously partners. Second fastest way to scale is is with technology partners. So as I mentioned, we have some. Um, you know, you kind of work with the cloud providers. So you you know, or storage manufacturers or application providers. And I, I think as you start as you as you start to evolve as a startup, if you can if you can hit your wagon to one or a couple of them. Uh, I think they can really help you accelerate scales, sales, and then you also have the ability to access their partner network. And that's really, I think, where we're headed with Hammerspace right now. We've done a, a great job of building the ecosystem. And again, we're kind of setting things up for 2023. Oh, and, and how do you pick where you spend your time? Yeah, it's, you know, it, we're, I'm always, you know, you're always fighting fires. Yeah, I, I think at, at a high level, I'm always looking at, you know, where the deals for the quarter are. Uh, we have a top 10 deal list that I tend to focus on. Most of them are are the bigger deals for the quarter. Um, I keep an eye on obviously for next quarter and where we are uh, for the year. And then a lot of it's a lot of it's with you know the sales folks enablement and then really help. How do I drive partners and technology? Yeah, we don't really have someone that's dedicated to building the technology partners. So that's uh, a combination of uh, Tony and I uh, focused on that. So uh, I, I just try, but at the end of the day, I try to keep my eye on the current quarter. There you go. Which is, I think, you know, it, it's not rocket science, but I think you're, you're a great example of some of the top, you know, sales leaders, which is okay. You got to be in the weeds. You got to be learning by example. You know, if you're in the weeds, then you're able to see and hear what's going on. You're not, you know, presiding, managing up, you're, you know, driving and you're working for your sales team as opposed to your team working for you. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. And then what about the importance of, uh, I'll say, sales comp design in terms of making sure that you're obviously compensation dri drives behavior. And sometimes you've probably seen in the past where it's done well or it's done poorly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to have the proper discussion with the founders and the CFO. You know, people are taking a risk coming to a startup. Um, they should, And if, they're, if they come here and are successful, uh, they should be. Uh, compensated uh, because this is, you know, we're in customer acquisition mode. And if they can go out and get X number of customers, uh, they, they deserve to be compensated well. So obviously, you know, acceler accelerations are huge. And, you know, also, I think you got to have a bridge, you know, when someone starts. So, uh, yeah, those, those are kind of the couple key areas I focus on. Great. Uh, we have a question from Tim Honan. So as, as a reminder, anybody watching along, uh, watching or listening, feel free to uh, post any comments or any questions. Uh, you can see us. Uh, we can't see you, so <laughs> uh, feel free. So uh, from Tim, we have uh, being in the early years, are you strictly looking for sales members with an established network in the media space? Uh, are there entry roles at Hammer Space for early college grads with only early success selling in the tech space? 
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, in a in a startup world, you know, every hire is 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 critical. And if you look at our kind of sales organization, Hammerspace, most people have probably been in the industry for for twenty years. Um, you know, I, I would I would suggest you probably look at bigger organizations to to learn to learn. Um, here it's we're hiring people that uh, essentially are hired guns, <laughs> you know, and you know that uh, that we need to come in and be immediately successful and bring a network of business with them. What about on the? Don't you have? Uh, do you have an SDR group? We do have an SDR group. Absolutely good. Good point, Randy. So um, we, we do. We are build. We are building out the SDR group uh, right now. We currently outsource that, but we're starting to build uh, an internal organization as we head into the fall. So uh, Tim, you should uh, shoot shoot uh, me a LinkedIn, and I'd, I'd love to connect with you and kind of help you. Yeah, especially it sounds like he has some uh, early sales success. So. Uh, that, that that could be of interest uh, yeah. for, for sure. So thanks, right. Ray. He'll end up being our best SDR over time. There you go. I can, right. I'm going to have to it thank you. It all started you. here. Right, right. It all started here. Exactly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so hopefully he's already, he's already sent you the note. We'll, we'll right. see. <laughs> all right. So Tim, report back before we're done with this saying that you've already yeah. sent him the note, please. Uh, not to put you on the spot totally. But so uh, what about kind of going from the, uh, you know, kind of smaller companies with some of these acquisitions must, must have been uh, interesting. So like Avira to Microsoft, um, you know, how is that? Yeah, uh, that, that's interesting. I might, it's just a completely different, you know, you're involved in a lot of different conversations about product and market direction. And then you're, you know, from a sales perspective and then you get into Microsoft and it was just a, a very large organization for me. And I think if you look at, you know, I've spent 20 years, probably mostly startups. I, I didn't last there very long, but uh, it's a great, great company and a lot of great people there. And uh, a lot of the folks from Avere are actually still at Microsoft and uh, have very uh, important roles. Oh, and then uh, store-wise to IBM, I think you barely stayed at IBM for a cup of coffee, right? <laughs> right. It was a cup of coffee. So, uh, you know, it wasn't there long. I immediately saw, you know, the opportunity at Avere. Um, so I, I jumped over there. Wow. That's great. Any things, I guess, with your time at Microsoft, any positives that you took away that you're kind of using now in your kind of tool chest? No, yeah. I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I learned... You know, from, you know, working with the cloud provider and their perspective, uh, understanding their partner network and how they, you know, how they approach that, uh, building the ecosystem, being very partner friendly. Absolutely. I think that was, uh, you know, uh, something I learned there.